Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All spoken word and dialogue are copyright 2010 by Talking Metal. Stay in touch with Mark and John by sending them an email at talkingmetal at yahoo.com. Hi, this is David Rock Feinstein, and you're listening to Talking Metal. You're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from Maplewood, New Jersey. Here's Mark Striegel. Hey, it's Mark Striegel from the Talking Metal Podcast. Check us out on TalkingMetal.com. We always have uh, stuff up in our Wire news section, which is pretty much run by Victor Ruiz and myself. Astronomy occasionally puts up a, a news item there. And we have the Talking Metal forums going strong. I think we're going to make uh, Victor from Mars Attacks a moderator on the forums. If you guys haven't been to the forums, I'd love to have you join me there. It, again, is the thetalkingmetalforums.com, uh, run by a number of people, including Exciter and Zeman and Shotaholic. And we always have a blast hanging out on the forums, chatting with one another. Let's go to the forums right now. I'm going to the podcast section. Uh, here's some comments on episode 326, which was our last episode with Q-Ball. Bert Gabriel says, ha ha, I love this kind of episode. I think he was referring to the, uh, the fact that, um, the fact that we were maybe drinking a little bit. And uh, I love Bert Gabriel, his comment on, oh, there's my son. What's up, dude? Um, yeah, moose. You got a toy moose. Very cool. Bert Gabriel, uh, his, he also quotes astronomy and says, I could have easily been a stockbroker or scientist, but I feel that my chosen path is to rock. John Astronomy, 2009. I don't recall that quote, but it definitely sounds like something John would say. Uh, we go on to see Dr. Love checked in, also commenting on our last episode, 326, with Amanda Somerville and Q-Ball. Dr. Love didn't really dig it that much, I guess. He says, sorry to say, I did like the interviews, but I'm not a big fan of the conversations under the influence, which is probably cool if you're in the same zone, but a bit annoying, at least to me, to listen to sober. Um, yeah, I think I had only really had one one beer uh, when we recorded that. Astronomy, I think, had had more than that. But, um, you know, it was just the bar atmosphere, I think, that added to the craziness. John couldn't hear me that well. He didn't have headphones on, but regardless, 
Brooke Gabriel likes that kind of episode. Dr. Love does not. Guys, thanks for sharing your comments with us on the forums. I want to hook up with you guys and talk more on the forums, talkingmetalforums.com. The password to get in there is Metal Mike. It's all lowercase letters, all strung together, one word, Metal Mike, our good friend from the Halford Band, who has joined us on a number of Talking Metal podcasts and shows and TV shows and concerts and all sorts of stuff. He's, he's a real member of the family. We love the guy. And I just heard a great interview with him on Chiaki's podcast over there, the Metal Moment podcast, where he talks about some of his cars and stuff. And uh, I've been in Metal Mike's garage. It's really badass. He's got it like painted, the, the floor, the interior of the, the garage, all striped to match his cars. And it's, uh, it's like a three-car garage. It's pretty, pretty awesome. And he lives in this big house up on this hill in North Jersey, and uh, it's very, very cool. Very cool. He's he's got a good setup there. Metal Mike, great guy. Excited to hook up with him at the Halford <clears throat> Ozzy Osbourne show at Madison Square Garden this December. Again, the password to the Talking Metal forums: Metal Mike. Guys, on the show today, David Rock Feinstein. He played an elf for some time with his cousin Ronnie James Dio. He had a great band. In the 80s, called The Rods, put out some great records. And he is back with a great new solo record called Bitten by the Beast. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that record and also a lot about his cousin, the late great Ronnie James Dio, who actually sings a song on his new solo record, Bitten by the Beast. Right now, let's get into some Ronnie James Dio. There's a brand new record out, Donington. UK Live, the 1983 concert and the 1987 concert that the band Dio performed at Donington. I was just listening to the 1983 concert and insanely good. The packaging is great. It even comes with like um, uh, I'm like laminate type, uh, like almost backstage pass looking laminates uh, for both the concerts, uh, the 83 concert and the 87 concert, and tons of great pictures. The album cover is amazing. Again, of two, there's liner notes. Again, two CDs. Great stuff. This is one, I, I know we all tend to go to iTunes and buy the MP3s, but this is one you guys might actually want to go buy the, the, uh, the CD, the old school version, the CD version, because the liner notes alone are probably worth the cost. Very cool picture of Dio and D. Snyder in the liner notes I'm looking at right now. Anyways, great stuff. And Dio's vocals on the Holy Diver record and the last in line were always just so incredibly fierce. I mean, they were actually throughout his career, but there was something about his vocals united with Vivian Campbell's guitar and Vinny on the drums and Jimmy Bain on bass that, that was just always magic to me. And that's who is playing on disc one of this new Dio concert, Donington concert CD. And don't forget about Claude Schnell on keyboards, of course. Anyways, let's uh, enough talk. Let's just check this out. This is the second cut on the new concert CD, Dio Donington. This is Straight Through the Heart from 1983, live. 
Straight Through the Heart by Ronnie James Dio, Vinny Apice, Jimmy Bain, Vivian Campbell, Claude Schnell, a song written by Bain and Dio. Great stuff. You can't top that stuff. Just uh, so good. We miss Ronnie James Dio so much. We have some new Dio stuff on the way. Metal Will Never Die. It's off the... Bitten by the Beast album by Dio's cousin, David Rock Feinstein. This is actually, essentially, Dio with the guys in the rods on this song. And speaking of the rods, they will be back with a reunion record, if you will, in 2011. And it's going to feature a second track with Ronnie James Dio. For now, we have this track. It's called Metal Will Never Die. And then we're going to get into my interview with David Rock Feinstein. We will end today's show with another track that does not feature Dio off the Bitten by the Beast record called Smoke on the Horizon. This is a great record. I highly recommend you guys pick it up. I know I say that often, but I, I sincerely mean it in this uh, instant instance. Uh, not that I'm pulling your leg promoting albums, but there's just been one or two, but this is not one of them. This is great stuff by a true rock and roll heavy metal legend, David Rock Feinstein from the Rod's fame from Elf. I actually have one Elf record, and I pulled it out and noticed David Rock Feinstein was not on that record. So I'm not exactly sure when he was in Elf, but I know he was in that band with his cousin Ronnie James Dio for some time. Regardless, this is David Rock Feinstein, The Guys in the Rods, and Ronnie James Dio on a song called Metal Will Never Die. Available on the Bitten by the Beast record by David Rock Feinstein.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel from the Talking Metal Podcast, and we are very honored because today we have David, who is known for a lot of different things, including his work with the band The Rods. I first discovered The Rods back probably as a 14, 13, 14-year-old when you guys were a part of the U.S. Metal Volume 3 record. Any memories of being a part of that? Uh, yeah, yeah. There was uh, actually there was a quite a few volumes, and and um, it was it was really a big deal for us because it was a fir- you know first time that we got to be on on record, you know, uh, recorded. So yeah, those those were cool records, um, and there's a lot of good memories from that. And another thing I remember about the Rods is you guys always had some crazy album covers. If it was a maybe a half naked girl or a three headed wolf, and as a as a thirteen year old, fourteen year old metal fan back in those days, those really would always jump out at me on uh, from the the bins at the record store. Were uh, did you get a lot of shit for provocative album covers back in the day? Um, we did get some, uh, not so much for the Wild Dogs album. The first Rods album was pretty, you know, pretty generic as far as you know being wild or anything. But 
Uh, we did get some flack from um, the the one where we had the the semi naked girl on. Was that let the meat metal? <laughs> that was let the meat metal. Let I think the meat, let the meat metal, and she had you know thing in her hand. But yeah, we got a little. In fact, that was actually on um, TV as you know, like somebody was like talking about how terrible it was to have all these you know these album covers, you know, and all of a sudden it was a, I don't know if it was a, you know. It was, a, you know, years ago, so I can't really remember what show it was, but it was a show like Jay Leno or right. something like that where they were interviewing and somebody was protesting the fact that, um, you know, they had these terrible-looking album covers, but and the, and the cover was on there. We go, oh, that's great, you know, our cover made it to television, you know, so. Good uh, press, right? Yeah. But that's, that's the only time we had a problem, not a problem, but, you know, it was made aware of, so. Cool, and I want to talk about what you're up to now, but just real quick, it's it's uh, disappointing that the the rods aren't on iTunes, and a lot of those albums are, are kind of hard to find nowadays. Why is that? Well, I think it's just a matter of, because for one thing, um, Era still, still owns the first two albums, and and the, they were reissued, a lot of them were reissued um, back in the mid-'90s uh, by a German label, but they're not even available anymore. And the uh, Heavier Than Thou and the Hollywood album, album weren't included in that group. So those were never reissued. But now, um, since my album is on the Niji Entertainment Group, the new Rods album will also be released on that label uh, sometime in the spring. So I think you're going to probably see all the Rods catalog you know, reissued at some point in time. Cool. And Carl Kennedy from the, the band The Rods, who went on to actually produce a lot of groundbreaking albums by bands like Possessed and Megadeth. He is a part of this album, uh, your new, I guess we call it solo album, right? And he plays on the song that everybody's talking about, Metal Will Never Die. Was that originally intended for the next album by The Rods? Well, how it worked out is, um, you know, Ronnie and I had been talking for quite some time about you know, collaborating on a project. We didn't know if it was, you know, we talked about doing an Elf reunion thing. We talked about, you know, Ronnie said, you know, I could sing a song on your solo album, next solo album, or I could sing a song on the Rod's album, or, you know, it could be associated with a Dio band or, you know, something like that. We wanted to do something. And the logistics of the whole thing with him being, you know, we live in 3,000 3, miles apart, uh, and his schedule always being, you know, like a, a busy one, you know, we talk about it, and then we wouldn't see each other, and we kind of get forgotten, and we get back together. I'd go visit him, we'd work on a few songs, and then I'd leave. And you know, so it was a great idea. We both wanted to do it in the back of my mind. I really didn't know if it would ever happen. So um, about two years ago, um, Ronnie was coming back home, you know, like uh, more often because his mother was ill. So he he was making frequent trips back, and I got a phone call one day, and he goes, "I'm coming up. I'm going to be there." Um, and I'm going to be there for a few days, so it'll probably be a good time. I could sing a couple songs, you know. So This is two years ago? Yeah, it's about two years ago. So um, Carl and I at the time were working on new material for uh, a, a, Rod's new album, you know. So I told Carl, I said, we have, to, we have to pick out a couple songs for Ronnie. And out of the, you know, just coincidentally, I had written Metal Will Never Die a day prior to when Ronnie called. And... Um, Weird the way it happened because I, I just I don't usually just sit down and write a whole song in its entirety, you know, the musical part, the lyrics, the melody, and everything in one sitting. I usually, you know, I might come up with a riff, I'll fool around with it, you know, for a while, I'll come up with a concept, a title, blah, blah, blah. But this song came together like instantaneously. So the next day when Carl and I got together, 
I said, Carl, we need to put a demo version of this down because I'm going to forget about it. I didn't have anything on tape or anything. So we used a drum machine, and I put a scratch bass, scratch guitar, scratch, you know, everything on a scratch vocal track. And uh, that was, we listened to that when it was down, and it said, Ronnie's got to sing this song. You know, it wasn't that I wrote the song with him in mind, but when I heard it in demo form, um, I said, this is a great song. He's coming in tomorrow. And we picked that song, and we picked another song, another song that Carl wrote. So there are two songs. So I picked Ronnie and Wendy up at the airport the next day and brought them in. I gave Ronnie a CD with these demos on it, which we didn't listen to that night because we just socialized that night. The next day he came to the studio, and we basically put the CD in a boombox. He listened to it for a few minutes and went in and sang a world-class performance like, like he always did, you know. Right on the song and made it his own, you know, did the right things on it. And, okay, and, um, you know, it came out like it was meant to be that way, you know. So, um, you know, Carl had always, I told Carl before we did the session, I said, you're not going to believe the way Ronnie works because it's not like, oh, I can't do it. You know, let's work on this line and work on that line. I said, he'll come in and he'll nail it, you know, within the first couple takes. And then the only reason he'll do another take is to try something different, you know, right. like he might want to try a little harmony part or something there. So afterwards, Carl said, you know, I, I didn't really understand what you were saying until I watched him work, you know. But make a long story short, he, he came in and listened to this demo in like a couple minutes and did like an incredible job on both songs. Um, one, of, one of his unique talents was that he could he could tell what a particular song needed. Like, in other words, if you gave him like, you know, I left my heart in San Francisco to sing. He could sing that song and sing it beautifully, you know, because he would know what, what to do with it, you know. So he had that, that knack to know that metal will never die, needed a little bit more edge, you know, and that's what he did to it, you know. So um, we had these two songs, you know, now recorded, and we didn't know if they were going to go on a solo album, Rod's album, you know. We knew that we were, I knew I was doing a solo album. And we knew we were doing a, a Rod's album, and we had these two songs. So that was it. So quite a bit of time, months went by, you know, over a year went by. And um, last, oh, the end of last year, I started working on, on my solo album. And at the same time, we're working on a Rod's album. So as it turned out, I finished my solo album before the Rod's album. You know, the Rod's album isn't quite done yet, but I finished my solo album. And... A lot of that solo album was written, um, uh, the lyrics and the melodies that I had for those songs were, were, were put together, like, after I found out that Ronnie was diagnosed, you know. So there's a lot of, I was in a, you know, pretty sad emotional state, you know, when, when a lot of that was going on. Some of the songs reflect that, you know, that's on this album. Um, but I just felt that, like, when the, when the solo album was done and I talked to Wendy and we knew it was going to come out on Niji Management or the Niji uh, Entertainment Group label that her and Ronnie actually started before Ronnie even got sick. Um, we figured it would be great to have one song that he sang on my solo album and the other song on the new Rod's album. And the fact that um, you know I had written "Metal Will Never Die" that seemed like the appropriate song, and it's just an eerie, um, you know. The, it's eerie the way everything came together, you know, yeah, including the lyrics of the yeah, song. Yeah, At one I mean, point, Ronnie s- says, "Metal will never die. I'll never die." And, yeah, I, and mean, I mean, he he really never will because his music's yeah, going to live on yeah. forever. So um, it's so eerie that you know I happened to write the song a day before he came. That he sang. I mean, that he chose that weekend to s- come up and sing, 
and um, the fact that the the, hor- the horrific you know turn of events that happened with him passing in the last year, and this whole song coming together, this whole song is like a, a tribute to him. You know, will go down as like something that somebody everybody's going to remember. The, the, yeah, I mean, and he in a way kind of started his career with you in Elf, and as sad as it sounds, has is kind of finishing it with with this song and the song. Which we can't wait to hear, which will be on the the next Rods record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thankful and real happy that we we got a chance to do something together. Um, this song is probably the most important song to me now that I've ever written, yeah. and it, it will be always because he's on it singing. You know, it's just uh, you know a certain thing about it. So, and it's a it's an amazing song, and and I I do hope that it doesn't completely overshadow all the other songs on the record, which there's some great stuff on there. And we're encouraging all the Talking Metal listeners to get the record when it comes out in late November. We will have links up in today's show notes. Uh, Niji Entertainment, you you mentioned it is it is very cool that you're working with Wendy on this release. And this is actually the first non-Dio release to ever come out on Niji, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, this, this is their... Uh, second release only because their first release was the deal at Donington, 83 and 87, that was just released. Yeah. And uh, I know you're you're in a, in a hurry here to jump to another interview, but I did want to uh, ask you, now Dio actually came to the mastering of, of this record, uh, Bitten by the Beast, and was that when he was, he was he already sick at that point? Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie got uh, diagnosed um, in November, almost a year ago. And, uh, you know, we, st- we were in touch, you know, and I said, I'm going to come out. I want to come out for two reasons. I want to come out for a visit to see you, and I want to come out while I'm there. I want to master the album with you, you know, and because he always said, well, come out here and master it, and we'll go to the studio that I always go to. I'll introduce you to my engineer. And I said, that's great. So I went out in uh, March, and, um, and we, we actually went to the studio together, and he was there when we both mastered the album together with his engineer. I got introduced to Wynn Davis, who was a great engineer that worked with Ronnie for years and years. Oh, March 2010, so that was very yeah. close to the end for yeah, him. Yeah, it was uh, basically two months before he passed away. And uh, so I, I, yeah, that's another thing I feel really good about. I mean, it was um, the fact that he was there to help master it and be part of that. Cool. David, I wanted to ask you about, uh, I know we're spending a lot of time on Dio in this interview, but um, there's been a number of of people who I feel have kind of I'll use the words, almost jumped on a, a bandwagon and are doing all these quote-unquote tributes. Uh, and, and to the, the longtime fan as myself, a lot of it almost seems in bad taste as, as, as though they're maybe profiting off of the loss of, of one of our favorite you know, rock stars of all time. Uh, can you comment a little bit on that? And do you suggest that fans avoid some of these tributes to, to, to Dio? Well, you, you know, the way the world is today, you know, uh, if there's money to be made anywhere, there's, you know, people are going to be out there trying to make it. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of tributes going on, and I think um, the ones that are only sanctioned by the Niji Entertainment Group uh, that, that can be proven with their, you know, wording on there are the ones that are true tributes, you know. Um, and that's the only thing I can say is kind of watch out what you're doing because anybody can have a tribute, and you don't know where that money's going. But if it's Sanctioned by Niji, you know it's a legitimate thing. And when they do it, if if you donate ten dollars or two dollars into like something that's you know Niji put together, all that money is going 
right to the fund and to the cause because there's no, um, you know, there's no fees that come out. You know, there's no office fees and this fee and that fee like a big corporation. So um, I just say, you know, to the fans, just watch what you're doing, you know, because you could be just putting money in somebody else's pocket that's trying to scam something. So, and I'm sure there's, there's, there's things like that out there. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I wanted to invite you and Carl back when you guys are doing a promotion for the Rods album. When can we expect that? I think uh, tentatively like uh, April, May of you know, 2011. And we can expect another track by Dio to appear on that record. That's something I didn't know. That's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, there's another song. That he's, the other song that he's saying uh, is going to be on that, that record, and it's a great song also. It's, a, it's really a Dio, D-O-S type of song. I think everybody's going to love that song too. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. Enjoy your time in New York, and we look forward to talking to you, hopefully, uh, again in 2011. I look forward to that also. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you for having me.
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.